You'll believe in Jesus. Yes, sir. Well, you're going to meet him. Of Shut Up and Refill My Popcorn. Today's episode, or this episode, I won't say today. This episode, we're getting into Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, from 1994. So please put your guns in your holsters. Everybody in Texas, listen to me. Put the gun away. Just give it a second. Please don't shoot the messenger. Sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy my goofy ass and analyze or review this this uh film <laughs> afterward from our sponsor hey y'all it's me crazy keys the crazy keys metric store here to tell you a pet cool crazy this weekend we got king size bands for the price of food queen size for the price of twin and if you want to know how much a twin is i'm gonna have to give it away for free all right guys let's get into it today's episode i keep saying today i don't know why i keep saying today uh this episode is going to be on death wish five the face of death came out in 1994 Obviously, the fifth installment of the Death Wish, uh, Death Wish film series before Tom Willis, I mean, Tom, Bruce Willis took over the reins in that Elon, Elon Roth. What the fuck is his name? Eli Roth. I'm, I'm fucking everything up. Um, where do we start with this movie? Okay. First and foremost, if you've never seen the original Death Wish, go find it. Go rent it on Amazon. Obviously, I can hook you up with an Amazon affiliate link if you really need um but go find it it has to be streaming on something or you can rent it on amazon uh it's an amazing movie uh you got you know charles bronson a young jeff goldblum hi how you doing i'm jeff goldblum yes yes i i was in jurassic park yes with my shirt off yes uh huh. <laughs> Uh, this film does not have Jeff Goldblum because he gets killed in that first film. Um, to give a little background, in the first film, Paul Kersey, Kersey played by Charles Bronson, uh, his wife and his daughter are attacked in New York. Uh, the wife dies from her injuries, but the daughter survives. They were um, sexually assaulted. And so this kind of gets... Paul in my state of mind of almost like something needs to be done. There's a lot of all this crime in New York City. Something has to be done. And so he goes on a vigilante. He, well, he goes on a trip and I'm trying, I'm not reviewing the first one. I'm just giving a little history because these are some fucking classic action movies. Um, so he goes on a trip and I think in the movie, I was watching a 
everything those YouTube videos, you know, everything wrong and blah blah blah. Uh, he uh, he starts off with a twenty dollars full of quarters in a sock to assault these muggers. Uh, then he goes on a trip to Arizona or some New Mexico. Some some he's an ar- architect. And he's talking to a p- potential customer or whatever client. No, oh, excuse me. And he gets into guns. You know how to get a gun, or whatever. Long story short, he goes from New York in part one to L.A. in part two, uh, and then gets assault. Uh, his daughter gets assaulted again. She dies in this one. Then in part three, he goes back to New York. In part four, he goes back to L.A. <laughs> and takes on crack dealers. And wait, I lost count. Two L.A., four New York. No, no, no. Three New York. Four is the crackdown. So, excuse me. So four, he goes back to L.A. and uh, takes on drug dealers. And in this one, part five, he takes on mobsters. What? What? So, he, at this point in time, he's living in New York under a witness protection program under the name Paul Stewart. He is dating a very famous uh, fashion designer. Uh, what is her name? Play, she's played uh, Olivia Regent, played by Leslie Ann Down, who, where have we seen her? We've seen her before. Anyways, long story short, her ex-husband, who is played by Michael Park, uh, I believe he was in some... I believe he's the one that was in a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, someone's going to kick me in the nuts for not knowing that for sure. Yes. He was in... Um, from Dust Till Dawn, he played the Texas Ranger, Earl McGraw. So that's where I remember him from. Uh, or i got to go... I'm clear, hey, what's up with that? I'm clicking... Oh, I'm using a computer. Holy shit. So uh, Michael Park plays uh, the ex-husband of... Of uh, Miss Olivia Regent, and they have a daughter by the name of Chelsea. He goes backstage, and he's been using her, basically her company or whatever, to launder money. Now, this scene, the first scene we see him kind of show his muscle. He's attacking a fat <laughs> uh, worker. I'm assuming I can't remember exactly. He's just a fat dude that he basically gets cut he fucking he has some kind of like i i don't know why i mean it's a warehouse so there's you know all kinds of stuff around tools and whatnot and he accidentally cuts the guy and gets blood on him and a black worker there there's some fucking racist ass shit in this fucking movie uh he gets he you know he tells him uh i think it's no not freddie freddie flakes is the uh assassin and Anyway, so he gets kind of like, well, first he gets physical with Regina or with Olivia. Paul sees this and he's like, what the fuck? Who did this to you? You know, and so she explains that Tom, Tommy O'Shea, who's played by Michael Park, is here and he's, you know, he's ruining my business kind of thing. And so when they go to confront him, excuse me, got my liquor, uh, he kind of gets mu- not muscle but like he gets a gun in his face Paul does and by one of the mobsters uh, henchmen and he gets told hey put the gun down because here comes the daughter Chelsea and he doesn't show Shay doesn't want to you know sh- show his cards that he's a bad guy so 
I mean, I'm sure she knows he's a fucking POS. So, anyway, we find out later down the road. Well, with this, he gets a, a visit from the DA, Brian Hollow, played by, let me see. See what happens when I don't shoot from the hip? Um, played by Sal Rubinick, who is, I mean, you take a look, you know, you've seen him and stuff. Uh, Wikipedia. Anyways, so he comes up with the detective, Lieutenant Hector Vasquez, who we find out is a fucking mole. So he gets got. We'll exp- I'll explain that in a second. But just know that this motherfucker, you know, he looks friendly. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm hanging out with the DA, having dinner. Might be set up with a girl. And oh, he's a piece of shit. And what happens in Death Wish universe when a piece of shit reveals himself? They get got. Bop, bop. So, now... We kind of have an idea of who's in the movie. Obviously, the DA helped uh, Kersey get his uh, witness protection uh, deal or whatever. And um, they, he is basically trying to tell Olivia, hey, we know this. I mean, this guy's a bad guy. They've been trying to get him locked up for whatever reason. You know the shit that he's doing. Let's get this motherfucker legally to the justice system. You know, so they basically get her to testify against O'Shea. And this motherfucker finds out. Later we find out. He, he found out because of the fucking Vasquez guy. Who y'all might recognize also. Who is he played by? Where are you? Miguel Sandoval. That sounds like the dude I went to school with. Anyways... So, they find out, or Tommy O'Shea finds out that he might have Olivia testify against him in an upcoming, you know, uh, charges or whatever. So, he sends his boy, Freddie Flakes Garrity, played by Robert Joy. Now, Freddie Flakes gets his name because he has dandruff. (laughs) For whatever reason, they decided to make this character have a hair uh, dandruff problem. So... That's his deal. He gets, he starts flaking, shaking, scratching, all that shit. So, anyways, he goes dressed up as a woman. Now, obviously, when you see the scene, when you first see him, you know, hey, what's wrong with this chick? Hey, that's a fucking dude. He dresses up like a woman. Uh, oh, they're out to dinner at a restaurant. She goes to the powder room or the restroom. Tommy follows her dressed up as a woman. He likes disguises, uh, and he's very paranoid. So he goes in there and he intimidates her and busts her face into the mirror. And after he's all kissing her ass, like, oh, I'm a fan, but boom, you know, you can't, hey, testify uh, testify against us and this is what happens. So obviously, uh, Kersey is upset, you know, he goes and finds her. She's all fucked up. She goes in the hospital and gets reconstructive surgery just about um and but he still i mean he still wants to do the legal he's he's fighting the urge to cap these motherfuckers like he to the point where he goes into a safe in his house pulls out a pistol and he's like you know what and he's hearing stuff being played back as as the audience viewer whatever we hear you know audio from the last maybe 20 minutes or whatever about him thinking about Going to his old ways. Going back to his old ways of just saying, fuck it. I, 
these motherfuckers need to be got need to be dealt with the old-fashioned way the old western way and he fights it he puts it back um they he tends now he's doing some investigating now this is when we kind of get a little interested like okay so he's investigating how did these people find out that she was going to testify there has to be a leak somewhere he realizes that the DA's office phone is being tapped, either tapped or someone is listening in and relaying those messages to Tommy O'Shea. Later on, we find out it's Hector's bitch ass. But nonetheless, at this time, we just know that something is up. Um, he tells, he calls up the DA and tells him after uh, Olivia's back at the house, out of the hospital, he tells the uh, the DA, hey, she's not going to testify. You know what I mean? She's... Um, she doesn't want she doesn't want she doesn't want the danger she's you know just counter out don't you know don't bring it up he travels to the DA's office now he doesn't know that Hector the the piece of shit detective is at the DA's house <clears throat> at the DA DA's house uh, supposedly gonna have dinner with the family he goes over there tells him the message tells the DA hey that was all of rules you're being you know listening to She's going to testify. Don't worry. Well, this causes the DA to, to cancel dinner. He tells Hector, hey, she's going to testify after all. We got to, you know, we got to get, we got work to do. So they go off. And then Paul and the, the Olivia go home or one, one at her house. He has a house, I guess, somewhere in the country. And uh, Chelsea is staying over there where she's protected. And they go home. And then uh, the DA says, okay, we'll just go home, watch her. I'm going to send a couple of cops. I'll have the uh, lieutenant take, you know, send a couple of cops for security. Okay, that's all bullshit. He sends Freddie Flakes and uh, the two other muscle from earlier. And they go on the offensive. They're shooting up the place. He tells her to hide and find a way out. She manages to get out of the house on the balcony or something like that. Well, they find her, and she's running away. As she's running away, boom, they shoot her in the back. She falls off the second or third story of the building and dies. Fucking puddle of blood. Cursey, I guess, I would say, I think he jumps off the same uh, story. Anyway, he jumps off, but he lands in the fucking uh, garbage. How lucky is that motherfucker? Like, he jumps. I think they shoot at him. I don't think they hit him. But he jumps off the same balcony or whatever and falls on some garbage. And it's just laying there. It's not even in a dumpster. It's just laying there. Like, how fucking convenient. He walks up to her, and and the cops are coming at this time. And so the bad guys take off, and he's just standing there over her dead body, just remorseful and just like, fuck. Like, now these motherfuckers they wanted they wanted the vigilante they got the vigilante this motherfucker goes on the warpath he fucking poisons one of the bad guys with uh like cyanide powdered cyanide on a cannoli and this is fucking scene holy shit he okay so obviously they're Italian mobsters they have their family or their mother has a little restaurant little cafe whatever and so Every morning or so, he probably goes, gets his breakfast. Hey, mama. Hey, you know, kisses his sister, whatever. 
and fucking goes on his day. Well, he's in the cafe having his coffee, hiding his face behind a paper because he doesn't want to be recognized. They come in. One goes to the restroom. He walks up to pay or get another coffee. You know, still trying not to be recognized by the guy. He's uh, like I said, he was reading the paper. So he's done with the paper. The guy asks, "Hey, you done with the paper?" He gives him. He's like, "Yeah, go for it. Have it." And he kind of keeps his head. You know, he he's not recognized basically. As this dummy's reading the paper, fixing to take a oh, he pours that poison on the cannoli. As he's fixing to eat the cannoli, uh, somebody leaves. I think somebody leaves. No, he's about to leave. Eh, I don't even. Anyways, motherfucker's choking. The sister starts freaking out. And this is the funniest part because it, hey, Mr. Mr. Help. It's like the fucking scene in Billy Mal and Happy Gilmore. Mr. Mr. Help. Help. Like, I'm killing this motherfucker. You want me to help him? She runs off to get help. He walks up to him and tells him some shit. And then walks, you know, makes it known that it was him. And then walks off. Now, at this time, Tommy O'Shea and I believe his other... Other... Uh, Henchman or whatever, Sal, played by Chuck Shamata. And these are all people you could re- you recognize in other stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go into detail on what I've seen them in, but they're recognizable. Um, so Sal's freaking out. Sal's been taking heart medicine or whatever. Um, Tommy O'Shea is just like, you know, he's not, he's not worried, basically. Um, and this is when we find out that Hector is the mole. This motherfucker comes in. And talks to O'Shea and tells him, you fucked up. This guy, this guy that you just pissed off that, you know, that your girlfriend, that your ex-wife was dating. This is the vigilante from 74. This that motherfucker killed all those mugs. This, this is that guy. You fucked up. And then O'Shea's like, fuck, okay. Well, he's, he's still kind of cool. He's kind of like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, if he wants to fuck me, he wants to go, let's go. Like, he's kind of like the tough. Sal is acting like a paranoid fuck face. Um, Freddie Flakes, he was just paranoid. This motherfucker got a good set of hair. Now the way he dies is pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty original. Um, he is getting home from whatever with his wife or girlfriend, and I guess a perfect night in for Freddie Flakes is to have a nice warm bath with his girl. As she rubs head and shoulders or some kind of dandruff shampoo on his head. Now, at this time, Kersey goes to a... He gets creative. He goes to a toy store and gets a remote-controlled soccer ball. I don't remember these fucking things growing up. I'm assuming that, obviously, they're, they're real. But I never remembered a soccer ball with a fucking, you know, ching of that end, you know, machine in there to make it... You know what I mean? Like, there was remote-controlled cars. There was fucking... I had one that was pretty badass. He shifted from a car into a truck, you know. Uh, couldn't find a fucking charger for it growing up, so I had it for like six months before we had a, a battery and a charger for it. But that's no here, no there. Anyway, so he he puts an explosive, puts C4, whatever. He puts an explosive bomb in the ball. Now, like I said, Freddie Flakes is paranoid. He has all these security sensors and and shit inside and outside his house. So he sets off the sensors with the ball, you know, rolling it around his parking lot or whatever in his driveway. Freddy gets out, hears all the bullshit, goes out to investigate, sees what's going on, picks the ball up. Paul Kersey reveals himself and tells him, hey, I'm going to solve your dandruff problem. Boom! That motherfucker blows up. Then the chick who was taking a bath comes outside to find him. 
Like, really? You just heard the explosion? Anyways, that motherfucker's dead. So, two down, two to go. Sal is already paranoid as fuck. He's telling O'Shea, we gotta do something. We gotta figure this out. He, or O'Shea tells him, you know, he's probably been following you. He probably knows your routine. So, just stick to your routine and we'll use that as bait. You know, what do you, and at this time, he's gotten custody of Chelsea. After the mom dies, he's the next legal guardian for his daughter. And at the time, she was staying with Kersey at his place. Well, he, this motherfucker takes the cops and gets his daughter back. And they still fuck him up. They still hit him and knock him out in his own house. Anyways, so she, so he tells Sal, just keep doing what you're doing. Go pick her up. Bring to the warehouse. He'll follow. And we got him. We got him. Bullshit. Paul Kersey is no dummy. Paul Kersey been doing this from coast to coast. What does he do? He does what he does. He follows them to the warehouse. Knows it's a trap. Fucks up all the other workers that were told to attack him or whatever. Has one dude. Wraps him in fucking a uh, plastic wrap. Like one of those machines that wraps, I guess, uh, uh, pallets and shit. Puts them on there. Wraps them around until he tells him where he needs to be. For some odd fucking reason, puts them on a hook. Like a little, those dry cleaning things. But there's no hooks. If you look in the movie, there's no, everything that's on this little rack. Automated rack, whatever. There's no hooks. So how do, and first of all, this motherfucker, 57 years old. And he gonna pick up a dude that's about 200, 300 pounds. You know, he looked stacked. He looked like he was, you know, muscular. He's going to pick him up like nothing and put him on an invisible hook. Anyways, this motherfucker goes to, quote-unquote, rescue the girl and kill this asshole. Um, trying to remember how... She, okay, so Sal, uh, they split up. He goes into the warehouse to find out the workers while O'Shea kind of, like, have him, you know, if he's going to follow me, make sure he follows me this way, blah, blah, blah. Well, O'Shea... I'm not O'Shea. Sal, uh, he gets killed. He gets put into like a fucking, some kind of disposal, almost like a, uh, you know, one of those tree trimming trucks, you know, the mulcher, something like that. So he does that. That motherfucker's gone. And now O'Shea's left. And the way this fool dies, like, it's crazy. They have a shootout. One of the cops comes in to save, to help save him or come help. He gets key gets killed. Oh, and I forgot about the fucking other these cops that came in after Olivia was attacked by Freddie Flakes. They come in because they're kind of working the same case or something. Uh, the fat dude that got cut was gonna work for them. He had a wire. He got got. He got, you know, outed basically, known that he oh this motherfucker's talking to the cops. Alright, we're gonna teach him a lesson. He gets hit by the car, driven by Freddie Flakes, into a restaurant building. And not only that, the cop that was basically his handle or whatever, she gets run over and she dies. So that happened. Uh, I have to, I mean, just, I guess, beeline characters. Anyway, so now Sal gets into the shredder. That cop who's trying to avenge his partner's death or his protege, whatever, She, uh, he goes in after, he knows Paul Kersey's something i think i think i want to say they were trying to get you know one of the cops from the original movies to come back but at this time it's 94 they're probably gone you know i mean retired or whatever 
Uh, would have been cool to tie all that stuff back, but you know, he's been back and forth from LA to New York, so it really doesn't fucking matter. He has O'Shea to the point where he can shoot him, and he's about to shoot him. And O'Shea's kind of like pleading, like, I can give you whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you need. He pushes him in this freaking pool of acid. Now, right after he cuts the fat guy, right before he cuts the fat guy, he was kind of threatening him, like, hey, oh, we can't do that, Mr. O'Shea. We're, you know, we're bringing in more products and we're you know it's it's hard to launder already you're making it you're making more work and this and that he's being kind of hard to deal with well O'Shea kind of threatens them with like this pool the same pool that they're throwing like clothes and mannequins in and it's acid because you see everything kind of burn and deteriorate the way you put itself in acid so now this is a quote-unquote callback he's in that area Paul has him cornered or basically he's pushing him backwards and he's like, you need a bath. And he hits him with the with the muzzle of the uh, shotgun. He falls back and that motherfucker starts acid, ah, you know, <laughs> fucking falling apart and all this other shit. He goes, or Paul goes to help the injured lieutenant and then in the almost corniest kind of weird, almost, okay, that's like an ending to a TV show. He walks away and tells him, hey, Lieutenant, do you need any help? Give me a call. Freeze frame, roll credits. I mean, what? That's like a fucking end of an episode of, like, Family Matters or, or, or the A-Team or some shit. That's how this movie ends. Now, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now as I'm talking to y'all, and I'm seeing something that says unfilmed alternate ending." So I'm going to read you this. I'm going to see maybe will this work, whatever, we'll see. It says, in the original draft of the screenplay, Tommy O'Shea received a more merciful death by engaging in a shootout with Kersey, gaining the upper hand by shooting apart the glass ceiling above O'Shea. Oh, O'Shea's head causing the glass to cut up O'Shea's face. Kersey would then finish O'Shea by shooting him in the chest. Boom. Faces of death. Now, I'm wondering if Faces of Death was because he fucked up his ex-wife, you know, his face. <laughs> and then this draft was like, oh, hey, he's going to shoot glass. It's going to fall on his face. going to fuck him up. Faces of Death. Huh? So, obviously, they changed it up. They didn't film it. And they filmed. Now, who knows? It's Wikipedia. This may be bullshit. Um, but he dies in the acid pool. Uh, I mean, O'Shea dies in the acid pool. Paul Kersey just walks away into the sunset now there's this is the last film in the franchise there was a proposed sequel but I mean it's 94 uh, Charles Bronson was already you know up in age let's see how old was he he was born in 21 and he died in 03 at the age of 81 so 03 so if he was 81 in 03, that would mean he would have been 71 around the time this was filmed. 71. So, that's crazy. Um, but that's that, guys. That's going to be the end of Death Wish 5. My thoughts are, I mean, if you loved, if you enjoyed the other Death Wish movies, uh, you're, you'll enjoy this one. I mean, it's a typical... Revenge, but it's not the same. Oh, hey, they sexually assaulted somebody I love. 
or and it always kind of does that. Someone has to die that he loves for him to, you know. I was gonna say be Batman. Also be a vigilante. Uh, obviously, the first one sets up his his deal. The second one was just fucked up. I mean, how are you gonna kill the daughter? What the fuck? That's cold. Um, the third one, I remember watching, thinking, why the fuck's he going back to New York? But he went to go see. Uh, I think that's the one where he went to go see his army buddy. And then the fourth one, which I thought was this one. I thought this was the one about crack and the crackdown or whatever. But I don't remember that one as much. Um, and this one was just, it was pretty cool to watch. Not bad. I mean, of course, I recommend everything I see. <laughs> just, you know, watch it yourselves and you you be the judge. You know what I mean? Um, but I highly recommend the first one. I really do. That one's pretty pretty classic. Especially that last, that end scene of him pulling the finger pistol at the the guys in the train station. I'll get you. Uh, so, and I haven't seen the remake. I know Eli Roth uh, did the remake, but I remember uh, seeing something about Death Sentence. If y'all remember Death Sentence from, I think it was like 07, 08 with Kevin Bacon. Not a sequel, not really tied to the Death Wish franchise other than it was... Um, I want to say what it did. Okay, it says here it's based off the same novel written by Brian Garfield who wrote Death Wish. Okay, well then there we go. <laughs> I just answered my own fucking question. Death Wish was written was a novel and written in 1972 by Brian Garfield and the sequel Death Sentence was published in 1975. But I remember that one coming out and I think that's when I started watching the Death Wish movies. Because I remember hearing saying, "Oh, this this is something to do with Death Wish." And I'm like, "Oh, what's a de- oh, that sounds familiar?" So, and then they showed them on AMC. Whenever they showed them on TV, I was always like, "Oh, I'll watch it." AMC was the shit. I mean, it still is the shit. I love AMC. So, that's gonna be it for the episode, guys. I do not want to waste your time and recording error of me looking at Wikipedia for answering random questions in my head. So. Please, 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 please stick around for the sponsor spot and the outro where I'm going to give out some future thoughts on the month of October episodes. Please stay tuned for that. Attention, San Antonio residents. Attention, San Antonio residents. Do you live in the Stone Oak area? Have you been robbed recently by a big, tall black man by the name of Leroy? Attention San Antonio, do not report this man. He's trying to support a family. You can't support a family on a burglary spree on the south side. You have to diversify your areas. So please leave your doors unlocked and your valuables out in the open so he doesn't make a mess. Thank you, San Antonio. This ad was paid for by Citizens for a Better Burglary Society. That is it, guys. That is the episode. Thank you so much for checking it out, giving me a shot, listening to me probably fuck up <laughs> the description of uh, some of the classic, classic uh, movies, sequels in this franchise. Um, before I go, I just want to say a couple things. Um, 
as you know, we are starting season four. Um, season three started off with a weekly boom, 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 boom episode. We're doing that again for the month of October, and they're all going to be scary movies. I promise you, I told you before, I'm trying to get more horror movies mixed in, and what better way to do it than to do it for the month of October, week after week after week after week. Now, you want to know which movies I'm going to talk about? You're going to have to head over to ShutUpPopcorn.com under the Coming Soon tab and check them out have an idea of what movies I have in mind to talk about but for sure they will be scary movies and they will be weekly now there's I believe five Fridays in October so you're not going to get the you you know the typical four episodes oh because it's four weeks of the month I'm pretty sure I'm going to knock out five so uh, that kind of evens me out you know knocking out 15 episodes a season and that will take me to the end of February, and so we'll be ready to start up season five. Fuck. Again, I'm still trying to figure what the fuck I'm gonna do, and how to if uh, just keep it going like that. Um, but of course, everything that's on my mind that I decide to put out there, or whatever, is gonna be at the website in the blog section. Trying to uh, keep up with the website posting stuff you know here and there and i'm trying to spread the word on extra butter please do me a solid if you like this podcast if you enjoy me talking about this goofy shit then you want to hear more you want to get my take on other stuff head up the sister uh podcast feed the extra butter feed of course you don't know how to get it always hit up shutuppopcorn.com there's always something there that'll get you where you need to be um check it out give it a whirl if you want to criticize me for using wordpress i don't care (laughs) but nonetheless that's going to be it for this episode be sure to be on the lookout for the spook i don't even want to call it something i don't call it october uh fuck i don't even know what to call it (laughs) this just popped into my head uh me giving out that information on doing uh the next five episodes one after the other so Oh man, it's gonna be. We only got a few more months in the year. Cold weather is supposed to be coming to Texas pretty soon, so I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to get them long johns out of, out of storage. So, with that being said, I wanna thank you again for checking out this episode. Remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living. Take care of yourself and each other. Peace. That's that, and this is it. Nanu, nanu.